Welcome to the Art of Masculinity Podcast. I am your host, Johnny L. Sasser. As a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger out of 2nd Ranger Battalion and a former Protective Security Specialist who protected the U.S. Ambassador to Iraq, I spent 10 years in and out of the Middle East. My mission today is to help men everywhere find the courage to be confident in themselves and their masculinity, regardless of what society says or what preconceived notions are out there in the media. I'm here to shed a light on those tough, strong alpha males opening up not only to those they love, but to the world about who they really are and how they own these open and vulnerable parts of themselves. Today, my goal is to help be a light for men who are struggling in owning their masculinity and struggling to present it in a way that is authentic to them. I'm grateful for having you here and sharing your time with me. Let's dive into the episode and I'll see you around the corner. Hey everyone, today's guest is my friend, Garen Jones. His story is riddled with hardships, hard times, perseverance, and growth. Looking to himself, looking to books, looking to mentors, but it didn't take him out of the path that was going the wrong way for a long time. In 2002, Garen Jones found himself in a French prison after he was following the wrong path of smuggling drugs and he was supposed to be on quite a long time in prison in France where unexpectedly he was released after two and a half years. You'll have to find a little bit more about that story in today's episode. But after that, he signed a record deal with Ludacris for $500,000 and he ended up living in his car. After he left the record label, he fell on hard times and found himself living out of his car and over $200,000 in debt. He went back to the things that got him out of hard times before, which was reading the power of positive thinking. And in that, he changed his life forever. He grew and opened up his consciousness to transforming and having the power to transform his life. He got involved in the health and wellness and ventured into the personal development and transformation space. And in that, he became a millionaire. He's part of the Three Comma Club, and he manifested his dream life at 37 years old because of the fact that he used his experiences, he used his hardships to propel him into a life that looked very different from where he was coming from. And in this episode, we get into that all the time. It is an amazing time with Garen. He opens up about his life, about his struggles, about the things that he can help men with today, how he's showing and leading by example the path of creating a different perspective to receive a different result. So such a powerful speaker, a powerful human being. He holds himself to such an incredibly high standard, not because of the fact that he believes that he is better than anybody, but because he believes that if he does, other people will follow. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and I will see you around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today's guest is my dear friend, um, an inspiration to humans everywhere, and just probably one of the most loving, giving people I've ever met in my life. Garen Jones, what is going on, brother? Man, thank you so much. Um, Today's a great day. Like My wife is happy. The house is great. Baby's not crying, business is popping. So yeah, everything is going on, and I'm and I'm and I feel the exact same way on my insides. Mm, I love that, brother. One of the special things I love about you that, like, I don't unless people really notice and they pay attention to this, is when someone asks you, "Hey, Garen, how you doing today?" You literally check in with yourself and most people don't do that, but you actually like, I noticed this about you and I noticed it when we were at the 48 hour reset, I was like, dude, that is such an, that is such a beautiful thing to really honestly check in because I know when I ask you that, I know I'm getting an honest response. Yeah. You know, I, I went through the whole motions, 
you know, for 30 something years of my life when it's like, how's everything going? Oh, everything's great. Everything's great, but I was dying inside. So if I, the person who made it appear like everything was great, was dying inside, wanting to take my life, just going super depressed, I'm like, oh man, things are great. Imagine how many other people are doing that. So I, in order to, to just switch the trajectory a little bit, I truly want to check in because I don't find enough people to say, you know, I'm actually through going through transition right now and I need support. And I'm actually, you know, some people might think it's of it as a sign of weakness, but the level of strength it takes to say, you know, right now I'm not good. I want to be better. And um, I would love for you to be an open space if you have the capacity. The strength that it takes to do that, that's what I strive for, but you can't, you can't reach that strength if you're not practicing that strength. So when you ask me how I'm doing, I've got to be able to check in because you're not how I'm doing two weeks ago. Like right now, here's yeah. what's going on. Okay. I feel good. I feel good inside of my body. So, you know, it's the, the greatest way for me to offer you the real me right now in this moment. I love that authenticity, bro. Like I truly love that. And like I said, I noticed it about you, especially a couple of weeks ago when we were hanging out. And I think it's like, it's very inspiring to me. It, it actually makes me now think, oh, let me check in with myself. How am I really feeling? Instead of just going through the motions. Um, and like you said, especially for, for us men, it's just like, we're so used to that for one, we're taught going through the motions is, is just like the social norm. But two, we're also taught that we can't expose when we are hurting or when we do need some support. And so for when you, it's such a little thing, but it inspires so many other people because you've inspired me to check in more myself. And hopefully every man listening right now really starts to listen to that and say, Oh dude, let me actually see what's going on in here first and, and be honest about it. You know, that's, it's such a beautiful thing, brother. I love that. Yeah. And, and one thing I wanted to add to that is because if you develop the tools with that inside of yourself, you won't just bypass when you ask your partner or your wife or something like, how's everything going? So, everything's fine. But you mm. feel this weird energy be like, yo, but because you don't do it with yourself, you don't even have the tools to be like, hold on, baby, I'm noticing that there might be something else going on. What's going on? Oh, I said nothing. Baby, I love you so much. What's really going on? I'm here. I'm right here. Uh... But you don't get to that if you don't get to that within yourself first. Yeah. Oh, so powerful already, man. Just, this is why I could not wait to have you on the show. Cause it's like, I just love, you just drop nuggets like everywhere constantly. It's such a beautiful thing. But before we keep rolling, man, cause you and I can dive into so much, let's start you off with the manly round yeah. real quick. So people can get to know you a little bit. Let's do it. I'm in for the hot seat. Yeah, bro. All right. Your first question is what is your spirit animal and why? My spirit animal is a panda. And I'll tell you why. Panda has been in my life since I was a little kid. My mom said I would scream a lot when I was a baby. And then one time I saw a panda on TV and instantly I stopped crying. So she mm. ended up getting pandas on my baby crib and everything. Every time I would see a panda, it there was something very calming about it. So they've kind of just followed me my whole life. And then when I became a, a global speaker, I'd go speak on stages of thousands and they, they'd come up with this um, speaker gift. So they'd give me this really nice thing. To them, it was really nice. And they'd be like, oh, and we got you a panda. So I'd have a room full of like 80 pandas from all over the world, not even realizing the this $4,000 watch you got me, what I really loved was the actual panda. Why? Because it has me remember that little kid inside of me. It has me to, uh, it just, it, it, something about it reminds me to stay centered and calm. And mm. when I was lost in my life, I remember one time, I was just stuck at an airport. It was snowing. I couldn't get anywhere. Didn't have any money. And 
I went to go lay down under a bench. And as soon as I went to lay down, there was a sticker of a panda. And that's, that's my sign that everything is going to be okay. So they've followed me my whole life. That's my spirit, spirit animal and why. Wow. I love that. Yeah. That might be the best like explanation we've had on the show. Cause for that, to, even the sticker thing, like for that to follow you like that everywhere is amazing, bro. Like that's so freaking cool. I love that. Yeah. All right. Your next question is what song, whenever you hear it, no matter where you are, do you just have to start singing along with? Man, there are so many songs, but if I have to pick one, I would say PYT by Michael Jackson. And PYT, something about PYT? this. I want to love you, PYT, oh. pretty young thing. I want to love you, DLC, pretty young and girl, and I'll take you. It doesn't matter. I could be fight. I could be fighting. I could be arguing in the midst of all kind of tumultuous things. That song comes on. It was like, and I just lose it. It's literally, you tap into little Garen and the full essence of him comes out. I love that. And I love that everybody just got to hear your voice because you actually are a really good singer. So like, I'm glad that you just busted out and did that too. Cause that laid so much emphasis. I tuned it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I tuned it down a little bit. Oh, so good brother. I love that. Yeah. Little Garen does come out when that, when that happens, I just saw him. He was playing. Oh, so good. Yeah. All right. What, what, uh, if you were a DJ, what would your DJ name be? I would probably take the same name that my mom had. I know this is odd, but my mom was a DJ growing up and all my friends, she would DJ my birthday parties and my mom no. used to make mixtapes. Her name was DJ Jazzy Jones. Oh, I so love I would, I, I would, I would probably take, probably DJ Spiritual Jones or DJ Jazzy Jones or something like that to just pay homage to the first DJ that I ever personally knew, which was my mom. That's so cool, man. That is like you, you, did you win like coolest mom award so many times? <laughs> if there was award for that, I probably would have because my mom was so down. You know, you got these moms, they act like adults, but then you have these parents that actually want, they get into the kid's world and they want to know about um, what are you doing? What's that latest dance? What's the hottest song? Let me put that song. She literally used to sell mixtapes. So mm. when my friend said that, they're like, dude, your mom is so cool. To me, it was mom. But as I got older, I was like, yo, my mom was like really dope. Mm. She That's is really cool. dope, still is. Yeah, that's freaking cool, man. Like I, I mad respect for her, like getting down and like doing that. It's, there's something to be said for, I mean, I think that there's, and I don't have kids, but I think there's an importance there of being involved with the kids and not treating them like you're superior because they're still humans developing. And like, you know, their souls could, could be in their hundredth lifetime and your soul's in your first, right? And you're still a parent, but like, you know, there's so much there. And I think it's important when parents can get involved like that and be just a person with them. Yeah, man, I, I agree. And I love what you said about like the, the, the soul can be in his, in their hundredth body. You think about it, 400,000 mm -hmm. people had to die just for you and I to be here. Like we literally have 400,000 ancestors. And they're all piece of a piece of it is living inside of us. So you don't you think that this baby that you're looking at just because it has a baby body, my daughter soul, I'm like you've uh -huh. been here before. You ain't faking <laughs> nobody out. Like she's four months old. But I I know when something is is it's familiar with something. So mm. I, I agree 100 with what you said. Yeah, I love that. Oh. All right, brother, what is something that no matter who does it on this planet, it could be the coolest person you look up to on this planet. 
What is an action that even if they did it, they would just look ridiculous? Um, an action that even if they did it, they would look ridiculous. I think when people smack and pop their gum. Oh. <laughs> like, but I'm not talking about the one pop. I'm talking about every time it chews, it's like, clack, clack, clack. I'm like, really? What? And I instantly get into judgment mode. It don't matter who it is. It could be anybody. I'm like, yo, you smacking your gum. Like, is that gum? And my mom does it. He's like, yeah. I'm like mom, jeez. I love that. That's a good one. And yes, I agree with you. That's definitely not something. I don't think it's cool at all. So I would 100% agree that nobody that does that ends up winning any cool points. Oh, man. No one. <laughs> All right, and your last your last one is if you could pull a prank on any celebrity or well-known person, they could be dead or alive, so you have the ability to go back in time. If you could pull a prank on anybody, who would your prank be on? If I could pull a prank on anybody, who would I pull the prank on? Yeah. And if you know it, you can share what the prank would be. Some people just aren't pranksters and they like to just say who it would be on. But if you know it, you're, you also seem like a prankster, I think. But <laughs> I don't want to project that on you. If I could pull a prank on anybody, honestly, this is a whole nother conversation. But whoever is at the helm of creating sheep-like and puppet-like humans on both sides, on every party and, and all the society, who's ever at the helm, yeah. I want to show up. I literally want to show up inside of their room with a mask on. I want to show up inside of their room with a mask on and just sit there and say nothing and then have the doors locked and then just put them in a situation where they feel so scared and then just disappear. Oh, I would want to, I would want to do something like that. It's like the disappearing, reappearing man. I'd want to do something like that. First, I would want to know exactly who it is because there is somebody and I'd want to just show up in a most least likely place and then start whispering weird stuff in their ears. Who made the potatoes? And then they get up and they're like, what? oh my God. And then, they, and then they go into the garage and maybe they go get their guns or something and then they're faced one way. I'm like, yo, Oh, I, you just stepped on a roach. And then and then they'd start flipping around. And I would think of some really odd stuff to make them think that they're going crazy. If you keep messing with the public, I'm going to be here every single night. Like that kind of thing. I would do that to whoever those people are. Person or people. I love that. I am on board with you because I would, I would just pay to be a fly on the wall when you're doing that too. Because we all know that shit's true. They're there. They're there. We all know that's yeah. true, but I would love, I would love for them to get fucked with for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. The people oh, who man, think they're untouchable. That's a good one. And, and like without naming them, I'm sure we all know who these people are or have some kind of, uh, understanding of who some of them at least are. So they, they qualify as the well-known people, but that is definitely, uh, I support for that sure. one. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I would I do it, it I would do it I would be such a nuisance I mean you know that little gnat that just won't go away <laughs> I'd be like that and I would annoy annoy wait till they're on the toilet and, and do some kind of things and all of those things I would do those things oh, I love it so much this might be my best my favorite prank 
Yeah. Oh man, so good, brother. Well, that that was awesome. You freaking hit a home run in the manly round, and I absolutely love it, dude. That was freaking epic. So let's uh let's fill the community in. So they got to hear your uh, bio before the show started, but let's let's involve them a little bit into your life and where you came from and how you became the Garen Jones sitting in front of us today. How you're serving people today. What was that story for you? We would need a whole weekend eh. retreat to really say the whole story, but I'll take you back 10 years ago, 10 years ago when I was around $200,000 in debt, was living in my mm. car for two and a half years, ex-convict. Um, I served two and a half years, just about two and a half years in a French prison uh, from 2002 to 2005 and what it took, but this started, this didn't start when I was an adult, started as a child hanging out with the only people that would accept me inside of their community, which was the people that got in trouble all the time, people who rolled with gangs. I was never in a gang, but I rolled around with the likeness of those people. And just by way of community and culture, I did what they did. So you fast forward 20 years and you just keep doing the same thing. Same thing happens with ABCs. You keep saying the ABCs over and over and over. It turns into words, sentences, paragraphs, books, essays, libraries. Well, you get into trouble as a little kid and then you don't learn anything new and you don't have any other mentors. You do that over and over and over. 20 years later, you know what your future is bound, that where your future is bound to head. So, you know, by the time I was 32 years old, living the hardest part of my life, $200,000 in debt, living in my car, felt like life was taking everything away from me. My girlfriend, relationship with my daughter, my money, mom dying in the hospital. And it was August, 2011, where I had just my moment of, I was in my darkest place, but then there was like a moment of surrender and I just threw my hands up. And I was like, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just want to inspire people. And I want to make a bunch of money, but I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. Show me a sign. And I didn't know what that sign was. But I remember a week later, I'm at the gas station and I, I always put quotes. Mm. A homeless guy asked me for money and I said, you have more money than me. And he said, change your mindset, change your life. The homeless guy. Whoa. I don't know what it was about those words, but those words and the energy behind it had me stop in my tracks and make me think about what he was saying change your mindset. So, so if my mind is set on something, then that's why the result is what it is. So if I do different with the same circumstance, my life will change. Mm. In 10 years, almost to the day. And I've trained myself to do the opposite of everything that I would normally do in areas of my life where I wasn't happy. I used to eat fatty foods, so I, be, I became a health junkie. I used to chase women at the nightclubs. So I stopped doing that. I used to chase, I, now I chase a better version of myself at workshops and seminars and through mentors and stuff. Um, and so I trained myself and trained myself into new neural pathways simply by unconsciously just staging myself 10 years outside of the monotonous of living a certain way uh, my whole mm. life. And now, you know, best-selling author, you know, part of the two comma club. If you don't know what that is, somebody who's earning seven figures or higher um, and, you know, live life to breathe, breathe life into humanity to create many spaces where people identify the gifts that live inside of them so that they can produce it, um, use it and produce extraordinary results in their lives. So my life is a manifestation everything I wouldn't normally do, but because of the philosophy of change your mindset, change your life, I just became a master 
of doing those things, becoming uncomfortable, doing the hard thing. So in losing myself, I found myself. And I want to close with this because I think it's so important. So many people fight for freedom, not realizing they fight for outside freedom. You cannot get true freedom only through the outside. It is an inside game. And so that's why when I lost myself, I actually found myself and I start working on the self that I found so that I could work towards inner freedom. Now my reflection of my inside freedom shows up as outside freedom. And that's how I walk around. Mm, that's powerful. A lot to unpack. What, that is. And I, I love, I, I love where we're starting with this. And one of the questions that first comes up for me is like, okay, so Garen meets this homeless guy. Garen gets told change your mindset. Right. And so you do, but what's that first step look like? So for all of our guys that are sitting there like Garen, thank you for that. That's inspiring. But what the hell do I do for that first step? What is that? What, it, what did that look like for you? Cause it wasn't an overnight thing. No, 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 no. It was <laughs> crazy. Not an overnight thing, but I'll tell you, I started super tangible things that were easy. I started with things uh, like normally I would take the escalator and I practiced saying, change your mindset, change your life. So I took the stairs. Normally I would mm -hmm. use gel soap, change your mindset, change your life. So I use bar soap. Normally I would uh, go to sleep and, and stay in bed really late, change your mindset, change your life. So I practiced waking up early. So I just started with little things. Well, an object in motion stays in motion. And because I was building a new pattern in my life called doing the opposite, when big things came about, I had already had the pattern that was, imagine Superman that's trying to stop a locomotive train that's going, God knows how fast it is. With all of his strength, he doesn't stop it on compact. It, it pushes him back and it takes 10 times the velocity to go back the other way. Changing your life is the same way. So what I didn't realize was me doing the opposite was going like this, uh, change, 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 change. So I started that my, me doing the opposite was like Superman. So me trying to change my life, but I did 10 times more of the opposite. And then eventually it started pushing my life in a different direction. So if you walk down the right street every single, every single day and you get jumped, well, guess what? Like eventually you deserve to get jumped because you didn't do anything different. But if I walk down the left street, I have a, I have more of a potential to get a different result because it's not the same thing that I do all the time that creates this one result. But we're habitual creatures by nature. So when you start changing your habits, you start changing the results of your life. Mm, yeah. And so when we're talking about this, this is something that you you're a huge advocate about and something you've, you've mentioned in numerous uh, platforms is this pattern interrupt, right? And so making sure that we're, we're getting that pattern interrupt from the normalcy or the comfort, right? Getting uncomfortable and being comfortable with uncomfortability, right? Is that something that, that really, is impactful for what changed you, but then also what you can give to other men? Yes, I seek voluntary discomfort. There's people that they shy away and they try to find the, the easy ways around things. Let me tell you something. I don't know what it is about the way my, my makeup is, but I think I was designed to go through hard things. What does that look like? I, I, I never ran anything longer than 800 meters uh, in high school or college. So what is that same guy, what is he doing running 60 miles without stopping or 35, 34 miles over a mountain and he was never an ultra marathon or a distance runner? But what it took for me to train for something like that made me so uncomfortable. But on the un other side of that uncomfortable was a different level and a different version of me. I always 
intentionally and deliberately put myself into things that make me so uncomfortable willingly, but with the intention of stretching me and growing a bigger capacity because mm. the person, you know, I have a goal to, um, to, to earn a hundred million dollars in the next five years. And the person who made the goal will not be the person who achieves that goal. So somehow I must be trained and tested up the marketing plan so that I could be the kind of person that holds for the capacity of someone who is generating a hundred million dollars in revenue and then 10 times that in impact. Mm. So how do we, how, what can we tell guys here? Because I want to, I want to back us up a second. Cause I love what you said right there because the person that gave the goal of a hundred million dollars in five years is not going to be the Garen Jones sitting in front of us today. He's going to be a different human being at that time. And I love that you put that in perspective because I think I can visualize that and then I can be like, crap, that's right. Like I can see that in my life with goals that I've set and be like, that is not the same Johnny that's sitting here today. But what can we tell guys here? Because I want to back us up because this is part of that two comma club, right? So like you got part of that two comma club from going $200,000 in debt, uh, being an ex-con, which is incredibly hard to get any job as an ex-con, let alone being in massive amounts of debt, right? And so you took that, there's no silver spoon handed to Garen. And for every guy out there that's making an excuse right now of why Garen got to the two comma club, how can we break apart any type of those excuses and say, no, this was, this was, this was you putting in the change in yourself and putting the change in your life. What can we give them from your life story here to kind of build that out a little bit? Yeah, I'll tell you, um, you don't get paid in this life for time. You don't like you get paid for the value you put in the time. And that's why somebody can make $20 an hour and then somebody can make $50,000 an hour. And it is possible for both. So once I understood what value creation was, then I wasn't so focused on the work, but the value that I'm working for. So sometimes, you know, people are trying to sell a product and they're just trying to sell the product. I'm telling you, it's really good. I'm selling the value around the product. I'm selling results. I'm selling testimonies. I'm selling um, contribution. I'm selling accountability, but I'm making it sound 10 times more so that people in their mind start picturing, wow, that seems like it'll be a $5,000 program. But then the program ends up being like 500 bucks. And then, so I build the value. I sell so much value. So once I understood, it was not about, I heard this from Jim Rohn. You don't get paid for time. You get paid for the value that you put in the time. And, and, and the, the amount of people that you impact with that value. So if you understand value creation, where in your life can you create so much value and something that is a necessity that people want along with the value? Wherever that is, you will always have a job and you will always have the opportunity to earn extra income. Sometimes people are focusing on being neat and cool and, and being right and being interesting instead of being interested in what people in the marketplace wants. I know people want health. I know people uh, want better relationships with their spouse. I know they're suffering from, from anxiety and depression and being overweight. I know that, that um, certain men don't know how to tap into their divine feminine. And, I, and they're, they've grown up to be uber masculine and want to know why they can't have this deeply intimate connection uh, with their wife. I know that those are crazy issues. So guess what? When I overcame those crazy issues, I now started training on the very thing that I overcame. And so when people see in me the possibility of what could be, they spend money on that. They spend money on that. My only job is to find as many people to see what I see 
through their own eyes and through their own life's reflection and deliver it in a way and deliver it in a way where people are like, I would be stupid to not get a, a $10,000 one-on-one session with Garen because in 30 minutes he can have my life right just like that. But people pay me $10,000 an hour for one-on-one session or $40,000 an hour to come speak to six of your um, sales, sales reps in a Fortune 500 company. I know the value. So when I know I'm coming in with the heat, because I know my value and my worth, I know what I'm a charge and I'm not backing down from that and I'm not shying down from that because what it took for me to get to this point, you're not just paying for the price, you're paying for the amount of time that I was in prison and I overcame it, the amount of time that um, I lived in my car and I overcame it, all of the workshops, masters in spiritual psychology, 10 day silent retreats, you're paying for all of that wrapped into one hour of wisdom, Mm -hmm. which can change your life in five minutes if you let it. Mm -hmm. And you, and you do, man, you change people. I've seen it firsthand how much you change people in in just an hour over a weekend, what you've done with people. And it's truly inspiring. And it's also, it's just a testament to you. And so as we're talking about this, I want to give guys another picture here because I think so many men devalue themselves. Right. And a lot of this comes through this negative criticism that we have within our own. Like we're our worst critics. You know this, especially us men. We are. We're our worst critics and our worst supporters, man. We're our best critics and our worst supporters. That's what we are, man. And so like how can we give something to men now that really allows them to to see that they have a ton of value no matter what their story or experience is? The best way that I know how, in my opinion, is to expose them to community and culture. Mm. We don't, a lot of times, men, we don't have those examples, especially as fathers growing up. I didn't have it. I didn't have it in my brother. I didn't have it in the friends around me, their fathers. I had no examples, literally until I moved to Austin a year ago. So I had one way that I saw men. And then I moved to Austin. I was like, yo, why are all these men inviting me to things? It's weird. (laughs) But I didn't know that I made them my dad and brother through all different variations, colors, nationalities, shapes, and sizes. Mm. But it wasn't until I was a part of the community, started creating the community, and then people start referencing things that I was saying that was in the community that I was a part of. And I was like, oh, this is like something big. Well, I have the responsibility to level up while I'm learning the very thing that I'm teaching. So Mm. inside of community, there's a specific energy, frequency, language. Who's going to learn French faster and better? The person who's on La Brea and Sunset in California at Starbucks um, listening to Rosetta Stone French once a week? Or the person who goes to France and is amongst the community and immerses themselves inside the community, eating the food, speaking with the people. The person that's immersed in the community will learn the language, the tonality of the language, the frequency of the language, the energy of what is going on. And you piece those people together one year at a time and they come back. I promise you the person that was immersed in the community will be 10 times ahead of the person that was by themselves trying to learn that one thing, kind of like pecking at it. So my thing is give brothers the opportunity to be exposed to a powerful community of respect, reverence, love, safe space for them to be vulnerable, be themselves. That's the best way that I know how. And if you don't have access, well, you can always find access to it if you really want to. But if you really feel like you don't have access, you start following people and not people who are always winning by themselves. You start following people and then you look at the people that's around them. And if they're constantly winning and if they're constantly building people up and if they're constantly leveling people up and they're winning and then those people that they're around start winning, 
that right there is a community-based leader, which is the best type of leaders that I follow because that's that's where I learned everything is by being amongst the community. Mm. Yeah, and I think like part of that I want to tack on is that when people, when men decide to make that that choice to be part of those communities, your brothers around you are going to see value in you. And there's nothing like seeing yourself the way that other men see you, right? When they start to see that value in you, you start to really have that power to say, wow, people see me that way. Oh, wow, man. That's, I don't see myself that way. Maybe I should start looking through that lens. Right. And that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And it's, I, 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 I think that if you can be amongst people and find people to find accountability and then ask them, if you see something, if you see me lacking, please say something. That's the relationship myself and uh, Preston and Stephanos has. Stephanos had to, you know, as other people would call it checking. Stephanos had to, he stood for me to go higher. A couple weeks ago, I was on my crutches and I started using that as a, I used I was on crutches and I was using my crutch as a crutch not to show up in a certain way. He was like, bro, what's up, man? You know what I'm saying? But he stood for me to go higher. But I warrant that. I'm like, yo, you see anything else? Tell You tell me. Other people, they're afraid of feedback. I was like, nah, give me the feed forward because I can't see what you see. But so if I ask you for that, I need you to give me that. And if you want that, I'm going to give you that same thing as well. Mm, that's so that I love that. And it actually is a perfect transition to one of the things that I would be doing a disservice to the community if I didn't have you talk a little bit about, but you got put on those crutches and you are an extremely active human being and you pride yourself. Part of what makes Garen is an active human being. And you and I had some lengthy conversations and It was about how you don't ask for support. And I think so many men can resonate with that. Let's dive into that a little bit on what that was like to, to have that challenge literally put in front of you and it manifested in your body. Yeah, man. I, I was on crutches for seven weeks. I had a calf calf tear and I never really had a real physical uh, injury, one that really sat me down on my butt until now. And mm-hmm. I felt so, I was using words that I've never used before. I've always been a doer, just get stuff done. But man, I could barely hold my baby. I could, I, bar- I could, it's very, it was hard to walk up the stairs. It was so, my, we just had a brand new daughter, three months old. So that's new. My wife is overcompensating and doing all of this stuff, plus running her massively successful business, supporting me with mine because I'm just like in my feelings and and just I wasn't high on life. I was a low on life. And mm. I'm noticing the visible frustration in my wife's face. I'm like, dang, man. So we're getting into arguments and I'm just like, I just want you to feel sorry for me. And she was like, I need you to step up. And I'm just like, man. So I really had to check in get with my mentor, get with my spiritual advisor. And she's like, what, what, what are you feeling inside? I said, honestly, this feels like when I was in prison, when I felt helpless, like what, how could I be so just stupid to put myself in this situation? And then I said this to my wife, I said, I feel useless. I feel hopeless and I feel helpless. She was like, wow, I've never heard you say that before. And then I said, I've actually never said that before. She said, well, who are you without all the things that you need to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I've always Mm. done. So, but if the words helpless, useless, and hopeless is coming out of my mouth, then that must mean little Garen, there's a part of little Garen that has yet to be addressed that feels useless, hopeless, and helpless. So I had to do a deep dive and love and forgiveness and journaling and praying and going to Jesus. And it was so many things. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And then I realized, yo, I get choked up every time I'm 
deliberately asking somebody for support. I don't ask for support. I manifest it. I think, oh, I need support with my podcast. And then somebody will show up the next day. Hey, do you need support with a podcast? I'm like, yeah, see, I ask for support all the time. (laughs) But I never deliberately ask for support. It hit me like maybe a hundred times. I need a ride. Because I felt weak. Like there's a certain stature I hold, but to then be in someone else's power, I wouldn't even allow myself until this moment. It's just like, Aaron, yo, you're going to ask for support. And then I looked up and there were about 15 projects that I left. I went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And at the bottleneck of all those projects that could have been done five years ago was asking someone for support. I'm like, oh my God. And the second I started asking for support and collaboration from a pure energy, man, these things were just like, boom, done, boom, done, boom, done. Audiobook, almost finished. I was like, oh my goodness. So that was a big lesson <laughs> for me and that I'm still learning and it's new. Yeah. And so I, I, I wanted to, sh- I wanted to have you share this because what you said right there at the end, it's new, like no matter how much work you've done on yourself, all the trials and tribulations you've gone through the growth, the man that you are today, the deep work you've done, there's still new things that crop up. And I think for every guy out there to hear that story right now, and this is real time guys, this is real time. Garen going through this right now. The fact that he shared that is incredibly important because he is somebody who so many people look up to and he is somebody that is still going through something new to learn to ask for support. Yeah, man. It's, I'm not, I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. It's Mm. not easy speaking English your whole life. And then somebody hands you a book and says, Hey, speak this Japanese. Mm -hmm. So learning something new, is like learning a new language, but you can be amongst the community of that language or you can peck at it for a week. I'm choosing to be amongst the community and the culture of selfless service and support and asking for support. So I'm just every day, I would love your support with, and it feels so uncomfortable, but I'm watching it play out in all these other things in my life that are so beautiful. And I'm like, I may, may feel com- uncomfortable here, but man, look at this result. It's so worth uh, it. Mm, speaking to my soul, brother, and I think so many men are like, that's probably hitting home for them right now. Well, one of the other yeah. things I wanted to, I wanted to really grab from your story that I know about, and we didn't dive into it too much, but I think it's a powerful lesson for men everywhere, is when you were in prison, and you say you were there for two and a half years. You were supposed to be there for 20. It wasn't like you didn't, and you had 12. no clue you were getting, or 12, and you had no clue you were getting out. Like that was, people yeah. People don't know that part of the story. But one of the powerful things that I wanna, I wanna open up um, to have you share with guys is what changed in you while you were in prison to actually have the universe come in and intervene and get you out of there in two and a half years. This story to me is, is just amazing, man. You remember what I was remember earlier when I was talking about value creation? Yeah. Adding value and getting paid for value. I want you to have that in your mind when it comes to value. And I want you to think about a pregnant woman who gets impregnated. The baby then starts to grow. And the baby is too big for the space. So what once grew on the inside is now produced on the outside called birth. Mm -hmm. So I'm in prison for 12 years. That's in my mind. I'm I'm not going to get out. Like I just had a daughter. She's like one. I'm not going to get out. Mm -hmm. And for two years, I was looking at the clock. I'm like, I'm so stupid. How did I get here? Sound familiar? I said the same thing with my freaking calf. How did I get, how did I get myself in this situation? Why I wasn't even thinking, whatever. And man, one by one, all these things were getting 
taken from my life, my money, my girlfriend, my this, my that. I'm like, man, but what was left? So funny. In losing my freedom, I discovered my freedom. In prison, in France. And here's how. We were watching a movie called Shawshank Redemption. And Tim Robbins says, they can take anything they want away from me, but they can't take away my mind. And how I interpreted that is, well, if that's the case, then I'm a free man. Because in that moment, I knew how I got into prison. While I was so-called free on the outside, I would say things every day like, ah, I feel like I'm so far away from where I'm supposed to be. I feel like I feel like I'm in prison inside of my own body. And in that moment, I was like, wow, I put myself here. Because every, almost every day I'd say I'm so far away from where I'm supposed to be in prison inside of my own body to the point where I manifested being in prison in France. And I was like, so if I can put myself here, I can take myself out. And in that moment, right there, shift. Well, then I'm a free man. So if I was free, what would I do? What can I do in here that I wouldn't normally do out there? Mm. So I started remembering, remembering that I used to love to sing. So I started singing. And as soon as I started singing, one of the inmates said, every time you sing, it makes me feel free. So I just kept singing it because it was already making me happy. But I was bringing joy to somebody else's life. And then in the back of my mind, the little voice said, hey, Garen, run. You love to run. I'm like, nah, they're, they're working out outside. Sometimes there's stabbings. I've seen people killed inside of prison. There's murderers. There's, they put the, the pedophiles in a whole different section. Uh, but, you know, I'd seen everything. Everything you see on CNN, I was literally seeing that there. And... Um, I was like, nah, I'm not about to run. So I was denying that. It was like, draw, you love to draw. This is what I used to love to do when I was a little kid. So I was drawing portraits of my family, of other people, inmates, families. They were like, man, this is so good. And I would put them into tears. And they're like, do you want anything? I'm like, nah, in my head, I just want you to be happy. I was already happy, so I wanted to share the joy. Then one day, I decided to run. So imagine, I'm in a whole country, a whole prison, Nobody spoke English. They spoke a different language. And I have this voice say, Garen, run. You love to run. Nobody's running. So finally, I just started running. Oh, I remember this feeling. It makes me feel so free. It makes me feel like I'm flying. Three days, five people running with me. 14 days, 20 people running with me. 30 days, 62 inmates are running with me. What I didn't realize, that in the times that I was running, it was less fights, less drug deals, less stabbings. The, um, the security guard had pulled me into the office, the main security guard, and he said, man, ever since you've been running, this place has been better. Remember what I'm telling you, what I told you about value creation. I didn't know that I was creating value through something that I loved, that brought me joy. Well, when I felt free, that's why I said outside freedom don't determine free, real freedom. I'm in prison. My outside freedom was taken away, but I'm in prison and I found a freedom that I haven't felt since I was a little kid. So when I embodied the characteristics of freedom, mind, body, soul, heart, spirit, it was too big for the womb of the prison. So what was once produced on the inside was pushed on the outside and that birth was called freedom, release, let go, I'm out. Because whatever I was creating and generating started inside of me first, spilled over into the inmates, spilled over into the, the prison. It was too big for the space. So you know what happens with a baby. Well, now you see what happens, happened with Garen Jones. And to make matters even crazier, they called me into the office when, this is when I felt free. 
and said, we tested the drugs again. Makes no sense. They tested the drugs three, three times. I was popped for uh, smuggling 6.2 kilos of heroin and, and, and from, into, from one country to another uh, working for some mob guy. And they said, we tested the drugs again. And they said, 90% is fake. And for the amount is real, you've already done your time. You're free to go home. Wait, what? <laughs> Connect the dots looking backwards. I built up so much value. The man's word is not the final word. It's the value that you see in yourself truly. Not what you say, but what you really feel. And then how you're spreading that and giving that away to people. Regardless of my circumstance, I operated as a free person. And this is what I do now. When people are like, they're taking my freedom away. Ain't nobody taking your freedom away. They're showing you a reflection of where somewhere inside of you, you haven't given yourself freedom. I promise you that. Mm. And so... When I found my freedom, it gave me the greatest gift. With, and that greatest gift was me. I had the key the whole time. Everyone has the key the whole time to unlock their own freedom. Dude, that is so, I mean, it's, it's just every time when I hear that, it makes me feel like I can do anything in my life. Like it's so inspirational mm. to hear that story because there was no precursor to you getting out early. There was no precursor to anything happening for you in that environment. And I've told people numerous times, cause I know this story that like part of what part of, part of unlocking yourself is getting back to the things that you love. Cause I've heard this before. And I always, I always try to give you credit for that when I tell people, because I know that but to have you speak that story for men to hear that firsthand now from this show, I'm just like, dude, this is, this is what it is about because I think so many men are locked in their own confines of what's going on up here in their minds that they don't realize that if they can just release that, they can be free to do whatever they want. And so, man, that story, every time I hear it, brother, oh, so freaking powerful. It makes me feel like I can take it I on, take on the world. And I appreciate you sharing that because that there's a there's a certain reverence that you have in yourself. Just you know, you fighting you fighting for our country and just commanding commanding other leaders to fight for our country. I have friends who have fought for our country, and they're not there. They fought mm. for freedom, and they're not free. Their mm. words. I mean, suffering from all kind of PTSD and you're one of the few people that have been as deep as you are that I, when I'm around you, there's a certain groundedness and a certain reverence. And I'm like, wow, there's like that. That's some that wasn't just outside work. There's some inner work there. And I can I can hear that in your tone, tonality and even see it in your presence. And I think it's really beautiful that you have and you've done and you've been chosen to have led and now are choosing to lead in this way. I think that your story is just now being written for so many millions of people that have fought for our country and people who are fighting their mental battles right now, which I feel is one of the greatest, one of the greatest wars never for anybody to never win is the battle yeah. of your own mind. You're, you're, you're one of the best to do it in that way. And now you're bringing yourself this way. I think it is so, so respected. And I, my hats go off to you and all the work that you're doing. So thank you for even having me on your show and then us creating this conversation. I appreciate you so much, brother. And thank you for those kind words. Cause I, I know how genuine they are from you. So that means a lot to me. And as we wrap up here, um, I just want to, I want to extend my gratitude for you spending time on the show for giving all you do to men out there uh, and people out there in general, because you inspire so many, let alone men, because I know you focus with them. But um, 
it's just beautiful to have you part of this journey, brother. I'm glad to call you a brother and happy to be on this endeavor with you to help impact people everywhere, help men everywhere. But let's uh, fill everybody in. What do you have going on? Where can we find you? How can we support and love on you? How can we be part of your ecosystem? So um, you can definitely go to garenjones.com. And, um, I also have a book out called change your mindset, change your life. That's on Amazon right now. Um, in March, we're having a relaunch cause I'm doing a, a rewrite and I have the audio book coming out the cover and we've like remodified the cover. And then we have the hardcover coming out, which is crazy. Um, I have a program that I just released called get unstuck, you know, to, to like literally activate a breakthrough in your life and, I talk about a lot of the principles in depth, you know, so that's on my website. It's the seven week get unstuck uh, video on demand series program. And then, um, you know, uh, me, uh, Preston Smiles and Stefano Sifandos, we are launching uh, our, our empowered brotherhood uh, global network and platform. It's coming out. And if you look online, if you go to empoweredbrotherhood.com, you know, we do these free workouts. We support men. We do retreats. We support men. We do breath work. We support men. We're going to have an online platform where we're supporting men. And, you know, we just were at the 48-hour reset where it was two days to like literally release and, and unlock and reset your nervous system. And what's really cool and I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but myself, Johnny, his partner, Preston, Stefan, Stefanos, have decided to partner up for, uh, for a program called Activate Your Alpha. You have no idea. So we're taking Johnny and his partner's expertise in the field, um, you know, fighting for our country, all of his expertise taking my expertise uh, just with the, the battle of the mind and the, the, the nervous system, the same thing with Stephanos and, 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 and Preston, and we decided to par partner together and create a program that is going to rock your freaking world. You have no idea. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be posted everywhere, and Johnny's going to have it on his, his stuff. I'm going to have it on my stuff. Same with Preston. And, and Stephanos, but you definitely want to be a part of Activate Your Alpha. And it's not going to be anything that you could imagine because when you take, there's the best of both worlds, but when you take the best of six different worlds and then you immerse them together, that's where the real magic and the value is. You will walk away a different person and so will I. So that's where you can mm. find it. And I'm just excited for us to partner together, brother. Oh yeah, man. And we're going to put all this stuff in the show notes. So everybody out there, if you didn't catch something, check the show notes, it's going to be there and activate your alpha is going to be off the chain. Like I'm, I know the level of, of attention we are putting into this to really, really help men have quantum leaps in growth. So this is going to be absolutely epic. Well, brother, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you again for sharing. Uh, your last question real quick is, what does the art of masculinity mean to you? Well, art, art in itself is life. So I just, I'm a, I'm a wordsmith junkie. So art in itself is life. And however you live it is a work of art. So the art of masculinity is the life of the masculine. And for me, life of the masculine is the work of art because there's so much journey, so much lessons, so much, uh, so much overcoming and so many opportunities to, to journey into this planet called masculinity. And then once you see that there is no mistakes or mess ups because it is all art, you will realize the true value inside of your own masculine self. There is no mess ups. There is no wrong. So unworthiness is out of nature. But if you happen to be un unworthy, you're not wrong for it. It's just all part of the art. So when mm. you break it into the art of masculinity, you'll see that you are a work of art, period, point blank.
Mm, I love that brother. So good. Oh, oh man. Everybody's going to get a lot out of that one. Well, I appreciate you brother. And I just love talking to you. Can't wait to be partnered up for activate your alpha and just love what you're bringing. Love what you're bringing to the world today, man. So, so much respect for you. Love you. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until next time, guys. Let's go. Hey, guys. If you liked today's episode, then please head over to Apple iTunes and leave a five-star review with some of your most impactful moments that you heard on the show today. It'll only take about 60 to 90 seconds to do, but those seconds are priceless in helping promote the message here at The Art of Masculinity, and I will be forever grateful. I appreciate all of you guys joining in The Art of Masculinity community, and as always, drop the ego and stay humble.